What's up, guys? You doing good? Hey, can we thank Wit for being here Friday morning at 6.45? I don't know if you've stopped to think about it, but this is his day off. Like, he's got better things to be doing. But he was here to, be, to, to commit and say, hey, I want, I want to call you guys out on this stuff. And I think that shows his heart for where we're at as a church and also the importance of these groups that we're going into. Um, gosh, I can't tell you how excited I am about the momentum that we're feeling, not only with these groups, but just in general in our church. Do you feel it? Are you awake? Do you, do you sense it? It's there. And, um, and what I love, too, is that it's not just a small group of people. It's not just wit and our leadership team or staff, but I feel it coming up from, from the church. And that's what Witt's been talking about. That's what the church should be, is where we should be feeling that together. It shouldn't just be like, hey, what do you want from me? Okay, I'll stand in my place and do this. But, but we, are, we are part of a, mu- a movement. And um, so I'm just thrilled for what God's doing at our church. I'm thrilled, honestly, I've been saying this to people, and it is true. I'm more excited about what God is doing in us than what he's doing through us right now. And I think he's doing some great things. But I think that there's so much fruit that's happening inside of people, myself included, and people that I'm around. There's just pockets of people that are just, that are meeting the real Jesus, that are growing in freedom. And I'm so excited about what God's doing in us because I know what he's doing is there's always a preparation season before he sends people out. He doesn't just say, okay, you're it, and now just go out. Sometimes there'll be a wilderness season. Uh, Sometimes there'll be just a prep season. Sometimes there'll be a dormancy Think about Joseph and the, the vision that he had to go out. Think about David and being anointed as king. And then how long did that take before it actually stepped up? Think about Moses being in, in the desert for 40 years. And I'm not talking about with Israel. He had a couple of wilderness seasons. Like Moses was in the thick of it. Crazy stuff. But what I am saying is it's oftentimes there are these preparation seasons. And it feels like we're there as a church. And I don't know if you feel it, but it's just this is the time where you don't just go, is this... Are, are we growing? Is this really what's happening here? Like, it, what are we, where, where are we, uh, what, 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 fruit are, what fruit are we seeing externally? There's so much internal fruit right now, and that's what I celebrate. And I know that we've got a 10-year vision to be at 20,000 people uh, within, by, by 2027. I'll tell you this, I think that's, I think that's uh, totally realistic, but I think it's too small for what God wants to do. And I'm excited for however long he wants to hold growth back to get us ready for that. And really where, where the growth comes out of health and it comes out of our passion and it comes out of a deep discipleship with him as opposed to just growing for growing sake. I'm not interested in our church getting to 20,000 and we're all just the same people. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in saying, hey, we're twice as big as we used to be, but I'm still half the man that I should be. Like that, I'm not interested in that. That was pretty good. I should tweet that. The Holy Spirit's talking through me this morning. No, but that's for real. That's the kind of way that I think about it. I want to I be ready and waiting and just going, God, I'm so ready for you. I'm excited for what you're doing in me. I'm, I'm so much better than I was before. Now, what do you want to do through me? And that's what Witt was talking about last weekend with, with Grow and Freedom and why I think small groups are such an important channel um, and, and such an important part of the path of discipleship is that Witt was saying we can't fully discover our purpose and fully make a difference the way that God wants us to without growing in freedom. And so the semester is a, a key time, but just the season in our church is a key time. There's so much freedom that's happening, and um, I love it. I love getting to be a part of it, and it's awesome to see what God's doing. So um, 
I'm excited today to talk about the Sabbath, and my goal is really today just to share my passion for it and encourage you to investigate it for yourself. This is an interesting topic because uh, I think a lot of us uh, know about the Sabbath, but maybe wrestle with it, and some of it just depends on how you're wired. If you're wired like me, uh, then I'm a high drive, get things done, type A, like, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of a person. It's just like, let's just keep pushing. And so the Sabbath has always been something which is like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, it is a commandment, and yet I don't keep it, but I don't, but I don't like to relax. That's something else I struggle with. It's like, I don't like to rest. For me, resting and relaxing is work. Like what, what some people would call work, resting and relaxing is work for me. Work is recharging. Work is rejuvenating. Work is refreshing. To actually like put the brakes on and slow down is actually tough for me. And so I've wrestled with this uh, over the years. And just like, what am I supposed to do with this? This is like, in, in the Ten Commandments, this is the commandment that God talks about the most. Like if you go, it's like, it's like all these quick hit fragments and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, an honor the Sabbath and it's several sentences worth of stuff. And it was something that was missing in my life and I didn't really know why. I, I, I kind of thought this is just an obedience thing. Like I should just do it because God said, right? But then you know, every week comes and goes, and it's like, I can't afford to take a day off. I don't like to take a day off. I don't value taking a day off. But what's interesting is that um, last fall, going through Pete Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, I saw the Sabbath in a completely different way than I'd ever seen. And I was really kind of pissed that nobody had ever told me, uh, and this isn't, this isn't widely talked about in this way, nobody really talks about what the Sabbath truly is. Because I was like, if I would have known all this, I would have been doing this my whole life. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping today is to, to spur you on through my journey, but also to, to encourage you to investigate it for yourself. Because this is something that you're going to have to wrestle with. The Sabbath isn't something where you just leave today and you're going to flip the switch and go, okay, I'm going to start having a Sabbath every week. It doesn't work like that. And I'll talk a little bit about that. But I'm hoping that, that this kind of gets under your, skin in a little, uh, in, uh, under your skin a little bit to where you go, I've actually got to look into this and see if, you know, what this looks like in, in, in my season of life. Now, here's one thing that I know, just, just context-wise, and any personal examples I use today, there are those of you who are wired like me, and then there are those of you who are wired like, what the heck are you so stressed about and so uptight? And like, I got no problem taking a day off, and I love to vacation. And I'm, I'm not downplaying any of that, but I do recognize there's a, there's, there's a half of you probably that are totally different than me, and you're going... I don't feel the need for Sabbath quite as much because I feel like I got margin in my schedule and I'm relaxed and I can rest and all of that. It's tough for me to even vacation, but for you, you might be going, hey, I'd, I'd go on vacation like right now and wouldn't have any problem. Um, so I understand that. The Sabbath is for all of us. That's the thing though. And, um, and so we're going we're gonna to talk about three reasons why I think the Sabbath is an essential spiritual discipline that shouldn't be ignored no matter what season of life you're in, no matter how you're wired. Um, and before I, I talk about um, uh, those three, I want to just define what the Sabbath actually is so we have a, an understanding. What, what do I mean when I talk about Sabbath? A healthy Sabbath is a 24-hour period every seven days where you stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. You stop your work, paid and unpaid. You rest from whatever it is that you need to rest from, and you're going to have to figure that out. 
uh, you delight in God's creation and you delight in just, just enjoying life. And then, and then you contemplate. The Bible talks about the Sabbath is holy to the Lord. It's, it's a day set apart to the Lord. And that's not something that, that has to be, you know, I'm on my knees in prayer all, all the Sabbath. But it is a conscious one day a week where I'm going, okay, God, I'm really focusing on you and recentering on you. So that's what a Sabbath is. The, 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 the thing about a Sabbath to understand, and for those of you who aren't wired up tight, is you might go, well, I have a day off every week. So my Sabbath thing? The Sabbath is those four things. Eugene Peterson calls a day off a bastard Sabbath. It's like, that's just, that's just half a Sabbath. Sure, you're stopping, but what about your mind? What about your soul? Are you focusing on God? Are you setting, apart, you know, setting this day apart as holy? Or are you just setting aside work? Maybe even just paid work. And so a day off is not a Sabbath in that way. Um, just to clarify something about, um, about what a Sabbath looks like, there is no right or wrong way to, to Sabbath. This is not a legalistic thing. So this is not, not me saying, hey, this is how you need to do it. It looks different for each of us based on how we're wired and the season that we're in. And so I'm not even going to talk much about specifics of how I Sabbath because it doesn't really matter to you. There may be some ideas, but, uh, but overall, you're going to have to figure out what this looks like to be able to stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. Um, to go with that, that there's no right or wrong way to Sabbath, there is no specific day that the Bible mentions. I love what Paul says in Romans 14. Some of you consider one day holier than another. Great. 24-hour period every seven days. And this does not have to be an entire day, by the way, either. It's a 24-hour period. So Schizero's Sabbath, for instance, is Friday 6 o'clock to Saturday 6 o'clock. My Sabbath is Saturday all day. Works for me in this season of life, and that's good. I know that there's some people that are kind of like, I work the, the weekend or we, with church. What do I do? How, do? how do I do all of this? It's a 24-hour period every seven days. Um, and the last thing I'll say about this is that oftentimes the, there, there's something in the back of your mind that just goes, but what about when I'm really busy? What about when, when the grind is on and it's just like, this is the season where I don't know if I can afford to take a Sabbath? Well, Exodus 34, 21 says, you keep this day holy even during the seasons of plowing and harvesting. In their culture, it was like, hey, even when it's extra crazy, you still keep this. In Exodus 31, uh, right after God gives all these detailed, these detailed instructions for building the tabernacle, this massive project of building the house of God and all of the specs come directly from God. The thing he says right after he does all that, it says, hey, don't forget the Sabbath. Don't forget commandment number four over here. And I think that's for those of us who say, I don't know if I can afford to take a Sabbath. Um, this, is, this is something that every seven days should be a part of your rhythm. Okay, so um, let me start off with number one here. Sabbath was built into the DNA of creation. That's the reason why I think it's a core spiritual discipline. And what I mean by this is that from the beginning, we know that God modeled the Sabbath in Genesis 2, but I think we often miss what, what's going on there. That day seven is a part of the creation, not just like creation was six days and then God just took a day off. It wasn't that. God was modeling the rhythms, and all throughout those six days, there was things where, whether it's day or night or how everything works, God was creating rhythm and order and structure to how creation works. So he wasn't just saying, okay, 
this all happens in six days and then I'll just take a break. He's saying, this is a part of the fabric of nature. And what's interesting is that God didn't have to rest. We all know this too. It's kind of like, why did God rest? Well, God modeled it for us because he said, I want you to know the rhythm of the world that I built. Now I built the world. The seventh day is just as much a part of the rhythm and the fabric of this, this creation that I've made that I'm going to show you by not doing anything for a day. Um, and so it's part of the creation. Scazzaro says, God created us in his image for a rhythm of work and rest. When we violate that rhythm, we do violence to our own souls. Moreover, we are not defined by what we do or what we produce. We are defined by God's unconditional love for us in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we don't keep Sabbath to earn God's love, not just like, hey, God, you told me to do it. It's a commandment. I'll do it. Rather, Sabbath is God's gift to keep us centered and rooted in that amazing reality. I love what Wayne Muller said. There are greater rhythms that govern how life grows. Seasons and sunsets and great movements of seas and stars, the tide, everything. Creation and nature all has a rhythm. We are a part of the creation story subject to all its laws and rhythms. To surrender to the rhythm of seasons and flowerings and dormancies is to savor the secret of life itself. And many scientists believe we are hardwired like this, to live in a rhythmic awareness, to be in and then to step out, to be engrossed and then to be detached, to work and then to rest. Our bodies want this. We're just fighting against them. So it follows then that the commandment to remember the Sabbath is not a burdensome requirement from some law-giving deity, but rather a remembrance of a law that is firmly embedded in the fabric of nature. It is a reminder of how things really are, the rhythmic dance to which we all unavoidably belong. You know, what's interesting in the New Testament, Jesus said, you weren't made for the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for you. Like this isn't something where it's like, you were created to, uh, to keep the Sabbath as, as it's kind of like this own rule keeper over here, whether you did or didn't know the Sabbath was created for you. The Sabbath was created as a part of rhythm because God knew how, how things were supposed to work. If God created the world and God created us, do you think he knows how to create like our bodies to function? Do you think that Sabbath then is just a simple suggestion or is it something which is, no, I created you six days on, one day off. Commit this to me. But this is, this is created for you to keep going with life. H.H. Farmer says, if you go against the grain of the universe, you will get splinters. That's the way I think about the Sabbath now. I'm like scared to not keep the Sabbath. It's like, okay, and, and maybe you will be too. It's like, once you have knowledge of this, it's like, okay, now you're just consciously going against the grain of the universe. Maybe I could have begged ignorance before up until this point to go, I had no idea. Well, now I'm like, I don't want to get any splinters. I don't, want, I don't want my soul uh, to be in a place where it is overburdened, overstretched, overcommitted. God didn't create me to do that. We're not human doings. We're not machines in that way. And what Witt said about, about the American dream and, and Western culture and all that uh, is totally true. It flies in the face of this. Because you know what's interesting is that I bet for every person in this room we go, I really need about eight days a week to get everything done that I need to do. And here God is telling us to, to go with six. But the thing we have to understand is that that's not the natural order of life. That's, that's just the grind of the 21st century in America and always on technology and all this stuff. Where artificial lights can keep us going at night, where artificial sedatives, coffee, 
five-hour energy shots, all of this can help us stay awake longer. We're violating the rhythms of life. I've got a last quote here from Schizero on this, and I love this idea. This really helps me to wrap my brain around this, and I hope it does for you too. Sabbath is like receiving the gift of a heavy snow day every week. Stores are closed. Roads are impassable. Suddenly, you have the gift of a day to do whatever you want. You don't have any obligations, pressures, or responsibilities. You have permission to play, be with friends, take a nap, or read a good book. Few of us would give ourselves a no-obligation day very often. God does every seventh day. And if you begin to practice stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplating for one 24-hour period every week, I love this, and this is so true, you will soon find your other six days becoming infused with those same qualities. I suspect that has always been God's plan. That's what's interesting. It's like every seven days you taste the sweetness of what that's like. You reconnect with God. You slow down. You, you stop feeling the pressure of everything, and it starts to affect the other six days. So, first reason, we keep the Sabbath because it was built into the DNA of creation. The second one, and this is a huge thing for me, uh, and I'm sure it will be for many of you. Number two is Sabbath helps us embrace our humanity, our vulnerability, our limits, and our finiteness. Now, this might sound a a little weird, but for me, the Sabbath is a weekly reminder that I'm not God. And it's weird to, to actually say, by controlling my life to a certain point, I'm being God, but that is what you're doing. And so the Sabbath for me is a reminder that I have limits, it's human to embrace them, and God can run the world without me. When you don't pause for the Sabbath, what you're basically saying is, God, you need me running 24-7. And he doesn't. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. But the thing that's interesting is that we do, sp- we do spend our days doing that. And for most of us right now, we're running seven days a week going, it's not enough. And we're running, you know, more hours in the day than we should and all that. God doesn't need you. And he wants you to be reminded of that every single week. He's got things covered. He'll be able to do what, what he needs to do. And, and it's going to create, uh, it's gonna create a situation where you're going to have to say, God, it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to trust you anyways. Sabbath breaks our addiction to doing, making, producing, and accomplishing. The American dream, right? <laughs> keep going. Keep pushing. Success. Drive. You've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. got to make yourself and your own man, all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, what's interesting is because of that addiction that's in our culture, I'll tell you this, honoring the Sabbath and learning what this looks like in your life is a little bit like getting off of a drug. Like you're going to have to go into rehab in some ways, honestly, like time rehab. This is not, this is where I say like you can't just flip a switch and go, okay, I'm going to honor the Sabbath. Good talk, Jesse. I'm going to honor the Sabbath. Good luck with that. You're going to crash and burn in the next couple of weeks because it doesn't work like that. You have to be strategic with how this works. You can't stop. You can, you can put it on your calendar that way, but what do you do about all the mental stuff that keeps going? Just that pressure, that burden, that stress, that, those thoughts. What do you do with all that? And so getting onto the Sabbath is like getting off of our addiction to doing, doing making, producing, and accomplishing. Every Sabbath reminds us to be still and know that he is God, Psalm 46, and to stop worrying about tomorrow, Matthew 6. That's like, that's like a practical way to walk out Matthew 6 is to honor the Sabbath. That's tough. It's tough to just leave time on the clock and go, man, there's a whole day here I could be doing something with. 
But God's saying, this is not about making it and, and not having anything else to do. Wayne Muller says, Sabbath requires surrender. If we only stop when we are finished with all of our work, we will never stop because our work is never completely done. This is what the Sabbath is. This is what Matthew 6 is, is pushing us to. With every accomplishment, there arises a new responsibility. If we refuse rest until we are finished, we will never rest until we die. I think it's funny that Wayne uses that term because isn't that what we say? I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'm not going to rest till I die. I'm just going to keep pushing and then I'll be with Jesus and then I'll Sabbath. It doesn't actually work that way. Sabbath dissolves the artificial urgency of our days. Whew, that's challenging because it liberates us from the need to be finished. I'm a high closure guy. I love closure. I don't like a lot of things just floating out there. I love to get things done, check off boxes, make decisions. But the term he uses here is what the, the pressure that I feel in my life is artificial urgency. And what I would say is also uh, artificial responsibility. And this is where I start to get into not intending to having a God complex is I feel the weight of all that stuff and I go, I have to do all of this. I have to keep moving. I can't afford a Sabbath. So this is a really challenging uh, uh, point here, that, that Sabbath helps us embrace our humanity, vulnerability, limits, and finiteness. I want you to think about this, because this really rocks me. The, uh, God has consistently placed boundaries like this in our life that create a gap between us and Him. And over time, one of the things, and this really links back to the original sin, what we try to do is we try to fill that gap with ourselves instead of filling it with trusting God. So this is what God did in the garden. He said, everything is yours except this one thing. There's a gap. You can't have that. You can have everything else. You're created in my image. I've given you dominion. But you can't have that. The tithe is the same thing. I've given you all this blessing, but I want 10% as a commitment, as a, as a, as a gap that you will trust me with your resources. I think of the Sabbath as tithing your time. And you know what's interesting for me is that now I understand for the people who have a hard time committing 10% of their finances to God, I'm like, oh, I understand why now. And this is why. I grew up my entire life living off 90% of my income. Came out of the womb a tither. It was like, okay, this, this is just what you do. I don't know what it's like to live off 100% of my income. So I look at other people and I go, it's not that big a deal. Just trust God. But you know what? I have been living off of seven days of my uh, seven days of my week for thirty years, and now you're telling me I got to live off of six? Ooh, that one hurts because I need more time than I have. But what it does is it creates a gap. The knowledge of the tree of good and evil created a gap between Adam and Eve and God. The tithe creates a gap in your finances for God to step in. The Sabbath creates a gap for God uh, to or for you to honor God, trust Him with it, and not step in that gap. And when we don't honor the Sabbath, when we don't honor God with our tithe, we're basically saying, God, I'm better off controlling it. I'm going to step into the gap that's labeled God, and I'm going to take control of that. Because I really what we're saying, I don't trust you to do your part. And so when you don't honor the Sabbath, <laughs> yeah, that's challenging. That's, that's just challenging me in my mind. You know, you don't, you don't think about you don't think about it in those terms. You think the Sabbath's a commandment. Yeah, I should probably do it. But when you think about every week that you're not taking a Sabbath, you're basically saying, God, you take a day off. I got this. I don't need you. I don't 
trust you to do what you what I know you're supposed to do. I don't trust you to do what you said. I don't trust that you have my best interest in mind. You need me on the clock. So that's number two. Number three is the Sabbath reminds us of God's grace and love in the gospel. This reminds us that uh, th- this, this, this idea uh, keeps us locked into the fact that Jesus is our ultimate Sabbath rest. That, um, that we don't have to work to save ourselves, to sanctify ourselves, to be good in God's sight. But the Sabbath reminds us of that because it causes us to go, I'm not connected to what I do. God loves me for who I am, just because of who I am, because he loves me, not because of what I do. And the Sabbath helps us to feel that. Uh, Schizero would say to have a lived experience of the gospel, where every week I go, God, you love me and you're pleased with me, and I'm not doing anything today. I'm just in connection with you. The Sabbath is a gift in that way. It's not a legalistic religious practice. And um, so when we, when we honor the Sabbath, we're really stepping in and understanding this idea of grace. We're really understanding what the gospel looks like where we don't have to strive and work and accomplish and be on the clock. But we just realize that God gave us this as a gift. God gave us Jesus as a gift. And Jesus ultimately paid the price for what we, what we would usually have to strive for in our sin. And the gospel says you don't have to strive. You're good. And the Sabbath helps us to understand that every week. We don't work to please God. That's, that's the essence of, of what we're saying with the gospel. Like we don't have to work out our salvation. We don't work to please God. So the Sabbath reminds us that we rest because God is already pleased with us. Um, the last thing I'll say is, uh, I'll, I'll just give just a quick rundown of practically what this looks like. And um, uh, what I'm, what I'm going to do is give you a link to download a, a PDF, which has a lot more detail about stop, rest, delight, and contemplate all this. Practically, what does this look like? And, um, and then also uh, FAQs on there, questions like, how do I decide what activi- activities are acceptable on the Sabbath? How do I cease from the work of parenting? That's a big question. What do I do about my children who aren't interested in Sabbath? What about sports and extracurricular activities that my children may be involved in? This is a, a Schizero resource that's super helpful. Um, let me just talk real briefly about how do I Sabbath. First of all, the key that unlocks the Sabbath is the biblical concept of a day of preparation. And it's funny, I never really noticed this throughout Scripture, but you see this like in, um, oh, is it Luke? Uh, I forget the reference now, 1954. When they're about to lay Jesus in the tomb, Joseph of Arimathea is, is, is basically rushing to get the body ready because the day of, a, of preparation was fast approaching. The Sabbath was, or the day, of, the, the day of preparation was closing and the Sabbath was coming. But the Bible talks about this and we often think, oh, that sounds like, a, like an old Jewish culture. And so what does the day of preparation look like in our life? Well, what it means is you've got to be able to close those loops and shut down before you get to the Sabbath. You can't just scream through life for six days, pull the e-brake, and hope that you just Sabbath well. Try it. It doesn't work. Uh, yeah, it, it'll mess with your brain. So you've got to have time. Now, a day doesn't mean a full day. It doesn't mean right before the Sabbath. Typically, in, in Jewish culture, it's, uh, it starts around noon on Friday, but really gets into full effect around 3 o'clock on Friday. And uh, uh, Brent Troxel, who was just with a mission trip team over there, was saying, you wouldn't believe. He's like, it's crazy. Uh, like, it seems like there's a storm coming. Like, we're prepping for a snow day. 
like the grocery stores and everything is just a frenzy of activity. And then once the, the, the Sabbath actually starts, nothing. That sounds pretty nice as a culture. But the day of preparation is important. This can happen over a week. Just prep that stuff. So for in our household, we don't run errands. We don't do groceries. We don't do laundry. If we didn't get the sink full of dishes cleaned up by the Sabbath, I leave them. And I embrace the imperfect, the incomplete. And I say, you know what? I'm going to rest. I'm not going to do that just because it bugs me. There was probably about two months ago that the floor was dirty in our kitchen and dining room. And Summer, was, my wife, was like, hey, would you just mind sweeping this up? And I said, I'm not going to do it. Be- because, because I know that's going to kick on things for me where all of a sudden I'm going to start to see flaws everywhere. And you know what? I'm going to rest in the imperfect today. There's crumbs everywhere. This house is a pit. We didn't get our day of preparation done. And I'm just going to sit in it and rest. I don't have to be on seven days a week. So the Sabbath for me, what I would say is, I would call it a guilt-free, no-to-do list kind of day. That's the way I describe Sabbath. For you, it's going to look different in terms of how you describe it. But for me, it's, I don't have to do things on purpose and strategically and everything in its right place. Uh, I rest specifically from decision-making as much as I can, hurriedness, and multitasking. I just want to be in the moment with my kids. If we're talking about making plans, hey, what do you want to do this afternoon? The answer is yes. You want to go on a hike with the kids? The answer is yes. You want to go over here? Yes. It's all good. I'm resting from that. I take time to delight in God's creation and gifts. And delight can look like everything from uh, appreciating the weather, plants, colors, great food, but it's delighting in God's creation. And for me, oftentimes, it's a posture of delighting in people, too, and seeing people for who they are, that they're God's creation as well. Uh, The biblical uh, reference for delight, especially, uh, uh, that, that comes in, stop, rest, delight, contemplate. You see this in Genesis 1.31, then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. That's what the essence of delight is. It's nothing specific. And then with contemplate, for me, there's no specific spiritual disciplines that come with this. It's just a spiritual reset to reconnect with God, to be reminded of his love, and remember that I'm his son first. He doesn't need me on all the time. I don't have to work for it, and I can rest in knowing that, um, that he's got me covered. So this link that's, uh, that's up on the screen is where you can find this PDF, uh, bit.ly bit.ly slash Sabbath overview. I'd encourage you to read this. Uh, if you're going to do this in your home, I encourage you to have your spouse read this. Uh, don't learn from my mistake on this. Don't just say, hey, got a great thought. We're going to Sabbath. That, that doesn't work. Uh, that's also going against the, uh, the grain of the universe, I found out. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't steamroll this. And if you have kids that, that need to be a part of this, teenagers, then you're going to have to include them. And what does this look like? What does Sabbath look like for our family in this season? And so this is a process, but this PDF will get you started. If you have any questions about any of this stuff, I'd love to talk about it. You can just email me at jesse at churchonthemove.com, J-E-S-S-E. Any questions like, can I do this? Can I do this? What have you found with this? I'm happy to answer anything. Um, and the last thing I'll say is check out a, a podcast from Pete on his podcast, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. It's from May 10th of this year, and it's called 10 Reasons Sabbath is Core to Leadership. Um, it, it is really, really helpful. So I hope this has challenged you today to see the importance of this as an essential spiritual discipline that you can't ignore. And I hope these resources will help you to figure out what this looks like in your life. Thanks.